Hey, welcome to the Just Meg podcast. I'm your host, Meg, a vivacious 30-something teacher, dog mom, and side hustler who has set out on a mission to help you go from tired to empowered. Listen as I share real-life stories, tangible tips, and seek out experts that can help us start living our best lives right here, right now. It's a messy action kind of thing, but if you give yourself a little bit of grace and a whole lot of self-love, I promise you can do it. Let's do this together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, So today I want to talk about sleep because sleep is something that I think many of us end up neglecting in our lives or we feel like we aren't getting great sleep for like numerous reasons. Um, And last week, or no, a week and a half ago, whatever. Anyways, the last episode I did a live like meditation. Um, Wasn't a full meditation, but I kind of walked you through the mindset that I take at the beginning of the week um, to fight off Sunday scaries and to get me to fall asleep and kind of go to bed. Um, But there's so much more that I do besides just that mindset of I am in control of me and I am capable of amazing things. Um, Instead of that, I got a lot of questions of like, is that the only thing you do? And the answer is no. By far, that is not the only thing that I do to fall asleep. Um, But when I learned what sleep does for us, which I know that information is out there. And I know that we're aware that like sleep is really good for us, just like water is really good for us. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it the right way, right? Like it doesn't mean that we're actually drinking the amount of like water that we're supposed to be drinking. And it actually doesn't mean that we're doing enough to make sure that we're getting plenty of sleep. And so I want to talk about why sleep is important, what it actually does for us, the things that I have learned, and then things that I've put into place to help me make sure that I'm trying to get the best sleep possible. And you know what, like when you're sick and everything else, yes, there's some things that you just can't get over or like work through, especially when you have snot going down the back of your throat while you sleep. Okay. But Sleep is super important, and that's what I want to focus on today, especially with the holidays coming up and, you know, we're going to have break or we're going to have time off work. Um, And if you do, I want you to try and start a nightly routine that gets you into the the right headspace to fall asleep and why that is so important. So let's get started. Okay. So as we talk about this, you're going to hear paper um, because I spent a lot of time like researching this topic because I found it so interesting. And I remember when I was first figuring out um, this whole like self-love, self-care journey, I realized that I really wasn't sleeping the way that I should. Um, And there were many reasons I found out that I wasn't. And one of them was I just wasn't educated enough when it when it came to making sure that I was actually getting asleep properly, um, which I didn't know was a thing. So if I didn't know it was a thing, I'm assuming that you probably didn't know it was a thing either. However, we are pretty smart humans. We know that sleep is important, but a lot of us are like, okay, how do you actually get good enough sleep? How do you actually, you know, fall asleep without getting you the, (laughs) having your head hit the pillow and then think of like 9 million things that you have to do tomorrow. And you make that like virtual to-do list in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I have all those things to do tomorrow, right? Okay, so I, I've actually figured this out. So first of all, let's talk about sleep. And why do you need 
sleep. Okay, so I have listened to podcasts. I have read articles um, from a multitude of areas. But basically, when you are asleep, you actually like your brain is actually filing and and um, and trying to wrap your brain literally around what you have learned that day, what you have taken on, what's going on. So your subconscious is constantly at work. However, there are different parts of your brain that are active when you're awake and there's different parts of your brain that are active when you are asleep. And so for your brain to be essentially balanced, if you're not sleeping, then those parts of your brain that are in charge of, you know, refreshing your system or helping your body remain active when you are awake, they aren't getting rejuvenated if you're not sleeping. So <clears throat> one podcast that I listened to, and it actually was just a little tidbit, and it was like a, a why, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically talking about why sleep is important. Um, and what they found out is they found this neuroscience or scientist, and he said that when they do sleep studies, what they've realized is there are different parts of your brain that if you're not getting enough sleep, you will actually fall asleep. There are different parts of your brain that will shut off, basically, because they need to rejuvenate, so they just reach a maximum limit, and they're like, okay, I have to turn off, which then essentially leads to us having, you know, <laughs> tasks are more difficult. It, there's an inability to focus. Um, we're groggy. We're grumpy. We're basically like a five-year-old that someone took our blankie and threw in the wash and we're throwing a fit basically. Um, you know, so there's all these things that play into why it's so important for us to have sleep and really, really good sleep. Um, now I'm not going to like read this to you or like go into all these like scientific research things. You can definitely look those up, but basically you aren't taking care of your brain. Your brain is a muscle. We tell our students this. We tell our children this. Your brain is a muscle. And if you never rest a muscle, <laughs> like, think about that. Like if you were just doing bicep curls 24-7, your bicep would never rest. So your arm would just hurt. It's never actually going to make any growth because you haven't, you've torn all those like muscle fibers and they've not had the time to recuperate or rejuvenate or anything. So you're just basically running it into the ground. Same thing with your brain. If you're not sleeping, you're not giving that muscle rest and the ability to rejuvenate and, and build those pathways and those cognitive connections that we need throughout the day to be successful tomorrow, right? So I looked this up and I found six reasons from Harvard Health um, of why women especially should not be skimping on sleep. And they say, some people say that women need more sleep than men. Um, I... I'm all for sleep. I'm definitely for it. And I know that like my husband is like a total morning person. I am not. Um, so I'm totally down for that theory. Um, but I haven't found anything necessarily that's like 100% sure <laughs> in different research articles that I've read. Um, I think women are just, I, if I'm going to be biased, <laughs> I think women are just more aware emotionally and, and conversationally than men are. So I think we take on a lot more, especially with our brain. Like we do a lot of overthinking. We do a lot of like reading into situations. We do a lot of um, like being aware of different things just because that's, I think that's how we function anyways. Um, and I just don't think men function <laughs> all the time. And I could be wrong. That's just my own personal bias. But um, six things Harvard um, Women's Health Publishing actually came, Harvard Medical School came out with. So um, reasons to get enough sleep. You're learning in memory, which your brain is committing new information to memory, which we've talked about. Um, this is actually called memory consolidation, according to them. And people who don't sleep enough actually don't get that memory consolidation done like that like kind of like buffering or like loading up to a system. Um, so people who do sleep 
after learning a task actually do much better on tests later is what they discovered. Um, the second thing is talking about metabolism and weight. So con- chronic sleep deprivation can cause weight gain um, because your body is actually start like trying to store carbohydrates. And I actually learned more about carbohydrates when I was learning about food and like exercise and stuff like that. So your body craves carbs when you are tired. Okay. Carbs are bursts of energy. Um, and part of the reason little, little health tip, part of the reason that our bodies are so tired, especially if you're eating a lot of junk is you're probably eating, um, manufactured, like (laughs) factory produced carbohydrates that are super complex that our body actually can't break down. And it actually creates like a dopamine system in our brain. Um, so then we constantly want like more Cheetos or we want more like whatever junk food, or we want more sugar or we want more whatever, because we're trying to keep our body awake. So if you're already tired, you can have a weight gain because your body is going to crave those carbohydrates and those complex sugars and those manufactured things, because they're looking for ways to keep you awake because they know that like your body, they, as in your body, knows that it hasn't gotten enough enough sleep. And this actually can lead to altering levels of hormones that affect your appetite on top of that. So your body is going to try and like your body wants you to survive. So at this point, your body is like, hey, grab as many sugary carbohydrates you possibly can, shove them in your face, and let's hope that we feel better and stay awake more, (laughs) basically. So it could eventually really kind of weigh on your metabolism and your weight. Um, the third thing is safety, which I I don't know about you, but like I have been extremely sleep deprived. And we talked about earlier, like how different parts of your brain will just kind of like shut off because they've reached like system overload, right? Okay, that's super dangerous when you're behind um, the wheel of something or like you're going to be <laughs> more angry at people because you're like road rage, like you, you just people in your way and you're irritable and you're tired, whatever. Um but it actually contributes to a greater tendency to fall asleep during the daytime. So because your body didn't get enough sleep, your body is trying to get you to go to sleep. So those mundane tasks of driving to work or um, how many of you have ever driven to work and you were so out of it, like you don't remember driving there, like you don't remember seeing the cars, but all of a sudden you show up at work and you park in the parking slot and you're like, wait, how did I get here? Um, That's a huge signal. (laughs) I've learned one thing I learned because I was doing that constantly every morning because it's such a monotonous task. I go to this, I go to work the same way every single day. I do the same routine every morning because that's how I function. And there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't remember how I got here. Like, I don't remember. Did I unplug my straightener? Did I, did I lock the house? Did I close the garage door? How did I get here? In the last like 13 minutes of my drive, I don't remember, which is super, super scary. But basically what that <laughs> I learned is that that my that part of my brain like kind of went into like power saving mode and just didn't take in any new information. It just kind of shut off. I stayed awake. I, I got to where I went, but I didn't take any more information in, which is like not a good safety thing. So that part of my brain like shut off for a little bit. And then moved on with its life as soon as we got to work. But that's super scary that I drove for like 13 minutes in my car and don't remember doing it. And I know that I'm not the only one. I know you're like, oh my gosh, I've totally done that too. Okay, so cheers, sister, same. Um, Your mood. (laughs) Shocking. Your mood. When you aren't sleeping enough. This is number four on Harvard's list. Um, Your loss of sleep is going to cause impatience, inability to concentrate, moodiness, irritability. Um, Basically, you revert back to being a five-year-old. Congratulations. (laughs) Or you know what? Even a toddler, depending on how tired you are. But you are grumpy. You are tired. Your 
ability to have patience for people is completely gone because you can't even function at this point. And I know that we've been there. I know that like new moms have been there. New dads have been there. You've been there. Um, It's not fun to be super, super grumpy because you're so tired. And then that usually leads to like headaches and stuff, right? Okay. Number five is cardiovascular health. I didn't even think about this. Um, But serious sleep disorders have been linked to hypertension um, and irregular heartbeats, which I, the irregular heartbeat can also be triggered by like the increased amount of caffeine that you're drinking, which that, that makes sense to me. I, I just never put two and two together. Cardiovascular health. So if you're not sleeping, your heart is struggling too, which is not good. And number six was disease. Um, so when you're not getting sleep, your immune system has completely down. It's lowered. It's not functioning properly because you haven't allowed it to like restore and build up immunities and like and rebuild your defense system for your body. Um, so it's actually, what does this say? Including the activity of the body's killer cells. So you actually cannot produce your quote unquote killer cells that are going to help you fight against diseases and everything else. And keeping up with sleep may also help fight cancer. And I want that noted that it may also help with fight, fight with cancer or fight with cancer, whatever, fight against cancer. You know what I'm saying? So sleeping has a lot of different effects and that's coming from Harvard Medical School. Um, But so sleep is really important. And I think we know this. I think the next thing that we're going to talk about though, is like, how do you get to a point where you're going to have sleep and be successful at sleep? That was worded very poorly, but you get what I mean. Like how, and like, you're probably sitting here and they're like, yeah, like I struggle with all those things, but Meg, what on earth do I do? So I do fall asleep or so I do get enough sleep because life is life and I'm busy. How in the world do I set myself up for success? Don't worry. Totally gotcha. So here's what I found because I also used to struggle with this. So, um, the number one thing that I have found is sticking, like sticking, haha, sticking to a sleep schedule. Um, and this has been the heart. I am a total night owl. I love to stay up late. And on summer, <laughs> like during the summer, I am terrible at maintaining a regular sleep schedule. However, when I have a sleep schedule, it helps my body regulate way more. And if you've never been, I was never someone who had a regular sleep schedule. So I was tired all the time. And then I got married and my husband is all about having a sleep schedule. And over the years of being married, I have adopted this. Um, and honestly, I, I have felt more well-rested since being married, which is shocking, um, than I ever did when I was living my single life and sleeping whenever I wanted to or staying up till two and then getting up at six or like whatever, you know. Um, so sticking with a sleep schedule, so schedule, oh my gosh, words, <laughs> sticking with a sleep schedule, same bedtime, same wake up time. And and they say even on weekends. And that's one thing where I'm like, yeah, the weekend's kind of mine. Um, so there are times where I will not, but I still want to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep. And your next question is probably, okay, what is enough sleep? Well, they usually say anywhere between seven to nine hours for an adult and children need more. However, your age and and different um, different factors that you can't control outside of your body are going to play into how many hours of sleep you need. And there's actually like you can Google sleep calculators and things like that um, that will actually help you figure out the correct number of hours, particularly pertaining to you, that you will need to feel 
rejuvenated and let your body relax. Um, the number two thing that I keep finding is having a relaxing bedtime ritual. And this is one thing that I'm going to share with you after this, after I go, go through these things. Um, one thing that I have found is having an, a nightly routine that kind of helps my body like kick into like, okay, hey, we're getting ready for bed. <laughs> has really kind of helped me. Um, and then I have a little, I have a little thing that I use before, um, while I'm laying my head on my pillow. So I don't actively think through my to-do list for the next day. Um, but relaxing bedtime ritual. So some people use, um, candlelight instead of bright lights. A lot of people have like, there's a blue light blocker. If you have an iPhone, some people use blue light blocking glasses, which are actually great. Make sure that you get a right pair though. Um, and then the other thing is if you have trouble falling asleep, um, you want to avoid naps in the afternoon. Um, I'm not someone who successfully naps. I am not someone who, um, does a really good job, um, of like taking cat naps or power naps. Like if I fall asleep, I'm out. Like, I'm not going to wake up for another hour or so. Um, so cat naps are not my thing. Um, so I've definitely had to work really hard on having a consistent bedtime routine, which has helped me not have to feel like I have to nap when I come home from work or um, in the middle of the day. Uh, exercising daily. I know that that's not everybody's favorite thing, but even like doing exercise and getting your heart rate up because you're just exercising and getting rid of those stress hormones, you have more endorphins, um, that also is going to help your body rest and burn off any kind of extra like anxious energy that you have. Um, when you go to sleep. So basically you're just making your body more tired, which is okay for your, cause your body, it's like, it's like charging your phone. Have you ever heard like letting your phone like die all the way? Don't let your body die all the way. But like, do you, do you get what I mean? Like you let your body, like not your body, gosh, gosh, darn it. Um, <laughs> let your phone die all the way. And then like, it'll help your battery life. Right. Okay. So same thing, like exhaust your body. Don't die. Please don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. But exhaust your body so it can recharge fully. Um, evaluate your room. I found this one really, really interesting. So, um, and this is actually from the National Sleep Foundation that I found this, is that you, that you have to design your bedroom for sleep. So it says on here that your bedroom should be between 60 to 67 degrees. Um, it shouldn't have any noise. It shouldn't have any, like, bright lights. Um there shouldn't be any distractions. And they actually mentioned like your partner's snoring. Um, you could consider like eye shades, earplugs, white noise machines, humidifiers, fans, white noise machines, um, diffusers, eye shades, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then sleeping on a comfortable mattress. Um, if you have like allergies, you can use like a air purifying system to kind of help you fall asleep better because allergies do really kind of inhibit you from falling asleep like calmly, because usually you're taking like an antihistamine, which isn't great for your system. Um, and then using a bright light to help manage your, I always say this wrong, it's circadian rhythms, circadian rhythms. Anyways, your natural way of waking up. So avoiding bright light in the evening, um, but then during the morning, really getting yourself into some natural sunlight. Um, that's why I have my happy light that I talked about in a different episode where I talked about seasonal affective disorder. Um, I turned my happy light on right away. And I actually did discover, um, uh, <laughs> a, like a real alarm clock that's supposed to do that, but like it hasn't, it, it kind of works and it kind of doesn't. And I think part of the problem is because I pull my covers over my face. So it's not waking me up <laughs> because I have my blanket over my head. Um, 
But again, like winding down, making sure if you can't go to sleep that you actually get up and go into another room and relax and then go back to bed. Like don't lay in bed awake because then your brain is going to associate your bed with being awake and being active. So it's okay for you to get up, go sit on the couch or go sit somewhere, meditate. Don't turn any lights on. Don't get on your phone. Um, But do something that's calming and relaxing. And then once you kind of start to feel tired, then get back to bed. Um... And if you still have trouble falling asleep, that's when you seek a doctor's attention. But now let's talk about this. So those are the things that you need to do um, that are suggested by the National Sleep Foundation um, to help you create healthy sleeping habits. Now, here's what I've done. Um, One thing that I have done is I definitely have stopped being on my phone super late. Um, Even with this like blue light shifting mode, it's not great because it's stimulating your brain still like you're still receiving information. Um, (laughs) And uh, although some of the blue light might be locked, even with my weird Sam Sparks glasses that I wear, um, I have noticed that if I'm if I'm on my phone, super late right before I go to bed um, and I don't take a break from it, then it is harder for me to fall asleep. Um, Things that I have found that help me are like taking the last uh, hour to two hours before I get ready for bed to just talk to my husband. I'll read a book. Um, We'll talk about what we're doing. I'll, you know, meal prep. I'll do things that um, have nothing to do with my phone. So laundry, putting clothes away, picking stuff up, vacuuming. Like, I mean, like just things that don't have any digital activity because that keeps my brain going for me personally. Um, I always make sure. <laughs> um, we like to sleep in our house super clo- like cold um, because I love to use blankets. So I always make sure that I have really soft, fuzzy blankets. I always make sure that I'm wearing like large oversized clothes um, that are my pajamas because I don't like anything tight or restrictive um, and I don't want to be hot. So I'm usually wearing like a t-shirt and shorts or I'll wear a hoodie over it um, and things like that. I have fuzzy slippers that I use in the winter that um, as I get ready for bed, I don't know why. I don't. This is something that I've always done and maybe you do it too or maybe I'm super weird. Either way, um, I like to rub my feet together Um, so I don't like wearing socks because I like to be able to feel my feet touch, but if I'm like moving around and stuff, having a fuzzy inside slipper where I can like wiggle my toes and like the fuzz gets between my toes, which I know might be like to some of you, (laughs) but, um, that has really helped for sure to just kind of like calm my body down because it's a sensory thing. Um, like I said, with the clothes and with the fuzzy slippers, um, Other things that I've done. So like when I actually go to bed, like we do have a TV in our bedroom. Um, I don't usually turn it on. If I do, it's just because like I couldn't fall asleep and I'm like up moving around the bedroom anyways. Um, Again, not looking at my phone, but there is an app that I use on my phone. And I've talked about Mind Cleanse and I did use that for a while, but then I found that I there weren't, in my personal opinion, there weren't enough meditations. I kept doing the same one over and over and over again, and that got really mundane. So instead, I've actually used the app Sleep Cycle on and off for probably like four years. Um, And I finally did the paid paid version, and they just released sleep aids. So within the app, I can set um, my sleep, not my sleep, my alarms (laughs) when I go to sleep and it will gently wake me up and I I can have a wake up window. Um, it actually does connect to the Philips hue, um, light 
waker upper alarm and that's the official term. Um, (laughs) but I use the sleep cycle app and what I've really enjoyed is they have like music, um, and they also have sleep stories that are told at a very low volume that will actually help. It's like white noise as you fall asleep. And I've actually fallen asleep faster using those than anything else. And I'm a huge advocate for the Calm app. I love the Calm app. Um, if you're a teacher, you actually get a free subscription through Calm Schools, I believe. Um, but I use that um, for meditating. I use that for music in different, like in my car and different things like that. Um, but the sleep cycle app is one, and this is not an ad. This is, I'm just telling you, um, the sleep cycle app is one that I have absolutely enjoyed using. Um, and I've used it for a multitude of reasons and you can actually go in and add like sleep notes. It's like, Hey, um, I had a really stressful day or I worked out in the morning or I didn't work out at all, or I ate super late or, um, I'm on a holiday break or whatever. So I can like track my sleep. And then what it does is you you turn it a certain way and lay it on like a nightstand close to your bed and it will actually evaluate when you are asleep and when you are awake. <laughs> awake. Um, and it will track your snoring. I'm someone who snores. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so it'll actually track that too. Um, so it's kind of fun to see. It's kind of fun to like learn about your sleep, which has definitely helped me realize like, Hey, when I do these things, when I'm not on my phone for an hour and a half to two hours before I go to bed, I sleep better. And I have noticed that there have been days where some people think this is super annoying, but I thought it was kind of cool. There have been days when I've like for three weeks, if I've consistently kept the same bedtime schedule, same bedtime routine, uh, my body will start to naturally wake up at a time that it should. Like I'm not missing my alarms. Um, I'm not, you know, it's like waking up super groggy. I'm not hitting snooze five times. That was all fine and dandy. And then daylight saving times happened and it's completely messed up my system. So, um, I was in a really good routine and then daylight saving times happened. And honestly, like that's not anything that is unheard of. Like seasonal affective disorder, lack of sunlight, like the, the losing and gaining an hour is definitely going to mess with your system. But sleep is super, super important. So find something that works for you, but definitely try to reduce the amount of time that you're on digital devices and you are interactive with, like with people. Maybe you are just taking, I heard somebody, um, oh no, somebody messaged me on Instagram. And they're like, I've been taking really long, relaxing baths. Um, that's a great thing for your body and your muscles. Um, limiting the amount of bright lights that you're around. I don't know about you, but my husband is unique and really likes bright light bulbs. So turning the lights off (laughs) as much as I possibly can is one of the things that I do. Um, But sleep is so important, you guys. So if you aren't getting enough sleep, I really suggest that you kind of start looking into the research and the reasons why possibly and start with, I think step one for me was creating a bedtime routine and consistent going like time of going to bed. A consistent bedtime definitely helped me get into the swing of things. And I I set, there is something on your Apple. If you have an iPhone, you can do like a, a bedtime reminder. So you can get eight hours or seven hours and you can set this little scheduling thing. It's somewhere in your settings. I can't remember completely. Or no, it's in the alarm. It's in the alarm space in your clock space on your phone. Um, so I would set that reminder that's like, hey, you need to start winding down and getting ready for bed. And so then I would kind of start my routine of like turning stuff off, staying off my phone, 
um, not being on my computer and those kind of things. Um, and they definitely helped. They definitely did help. So I strongly suggest that um, you look at all of these different options, take these things into consideration. Um, over break is a great time to kind of set up those routines and kind of feel out what you can do. Um, if you're traveling, it probably isn't a great time, but definitely try some of these things. You're not going to do all of them at once, but I promise when you have a consistent sleep routine, it's going to change your life. It is so important and it affects so many different things in your life. So to live your best life and live it to the fullest, get some sleep, y'all. Not right now, though, because <laughs> if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Um, and thanks for being a listener. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just May. But the fun does not have to stop here. What I want you to do right now is screenshot the episode that you just listened to, upload it to Instagram, and tag me. One, so I can personally reach out and thank you. And two, we can have a conversation about what you want to hear next on the podcast. Until then, I'll see you on Instagram and I'll see you in the next episode.